welcome to the Blend Podcast with Tom and Brendan, discussing all things e-learning, digital marketing, design and entrepreneurship. The podcast is brought to you by Blend Interactive Content. Find us on LinkedIn or www.blend.training. Hello, Brendan. How are you? Hi, Tom. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Very good, thanks. Very good. So, today we're going to do another deep dive into one of our projects, another case study. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about the first Ada. This was one of our earlier projects, but I'm still really proud of it. And I think there's a lot to talk about here. There's a lot to dig into. Mm. All right, before we start then, let, let me just give everyone a little bit of background of what the project is. So we designed a piece of blended learning. And what blended learning means is a piece of e-learning that goes alongside face-to-face learning, used in conjunction, used parallel with face-to-face learning. And it was a first aid quiz. And the issue with first aid stuff in general is it can be pretty dry. I don't know if you remember when you were at school, you know, first aid training was was not the most interesting a lot of time, especially yeah, the, when we were younger. Yeah, the best bit was basically a limbless dummy that smelled of Dettol. It was not good. No. So automatically a challenge of this project was to try and make a dry subject less dry. And of course, first aid is really important. It can literally save someone's life. But when you're a youngster, I think it's not the most engaging subject matter. For us, that was a big a big challenge with this project, trying to make something that automatically is going to switch a lot of kids off into something quite interesting. Yeah, um, I think that's the thing. It's the, it's the trouble it has as a live workshop, is it requires a lot to make it dynamic, make it interesting and make it engaging because it's it's creating an emergency scenario. And most most uh, courses don't have that have those level of resources yeah so from an instructional design point of view or Mm. from a learning theory point of view personally this was a really interesting project for me because I've always had an interest in blended learning even before blend when I was working in educational institutions well one of the main things I tried to do was design curriculums update and adapt curriculums so that digital learning was a part of face-to-face learning and work seamlessly alongside the curriculums that teachers or other educators needed to teach. Mm. And in a lot of school, in a, in a lot of school settings, this wasn't really normal. It, it usually got as far as the teacher having digital resources to mm. use in class on top of their learning plans, on top of their lesson plans that they did face-to-face. But it was more like, right, I'm going to get you what put this YouTube video on to help um, the kids understand this concept that I've taught them beforehand. It wasn't blended learning or digital learning integrated within the curriculum itself. And this was a big challenge for me in my previous life, in my previous career, trying to make digital learning and face-to-face learning more blended and more seamless and be part of one curriculum, be part of the same curriculum and work alongside each other. This was a big challenge for me. It was made much easier when it was project-based learning because when you teach something thematically, it's much easier to integrate digital learning, in my opinion. But that's going off on a bit of a tangent there. But either way, this project was interesting for me because I could use some of the, these experiences I had in a school setting to try and make this project as interesting as possible. Yeah. So 
what were the what would you say were the main challenges for this one i think if you look at face to face first aid training there's no narrative is there there's no story whatsoever it's just this is some information and this is what you need to do in this particular scenario but for me it's a no-brainer with something like first aid training to have some sort of story or narrative to it because the information's all there for you you know mm-hmm. an emergency situation you're put in different scenarios what do you do in these scenarios how do you react coming back to these sort of core tenets of of blend storytelling and scenario based learning and influenced again by choose your own adventure books and and all of this type of stuff for me first aid is actually a really good topic for this yeah i think uh, as well is that you've got a situation where it has a pretty intense context if you're going to learn how to do something learning it for a really intense environment for even something like if you think about it like uh, soldiers practice being at war so they can cope with being at war if you want to cope with looking after a loved one who's injured or as passerby in the street you need to be able to practice it in a realistic situation or at least in a in a similar situation that triggers the the stuff you've actually learned otherwise you're just that kind of fight or flight thing you'll just sort of stick there like a like a lemon in the middle of the street looking at it not knowing what to do because you learned this in a school setting on a plastic dummy that didn't react and there was nothing going on around you whereas if you can at least put it in some context you've got a much better chance of being able to react in the right way yeah and one extra point to add to that is when i learned first aid as a kid it was like right if somebody choke if somebody is choking then make sure you do this before they die for a 10 or 11 year old that's pretty intense <laughs> so i think a key consideration we made with this project was create a story create a neg- narrative add context but let's try and make it in a way that doesn't scare kids off wanting to learn this and i think that's what led us into this comic book style superhero style narrative and design and i think obviously you can explain a bit more about that because we knew straight away that your experience was going to be key here and what would set this project apart from other similar projects was the visual quality the quality of the animation and motion graphics and all of that kind of thing do you want to do you want to chime in there yeah i think the thing is is that what we wanted to do is create a scenario where they could fa- they could fail at something that was actually really important and learn it in a safe scenario up to the point where by the time they'd finished they would they would want to do the right thing and know exactly what the right thing was by the end so what we wanted to do was build a scenario where as as a superhero rather than uh, smashing things up and fighting people you were actually there to help someone who was in trouble and the key to this was letting them explore the different options of can i do a b or c and you get a reaction no matter what but then what we would do is gamify it so rather than scare the crap out of them we would actually incentivize them to improve and practice and the advantages as well is it makes it more engaging if you can if you can let someone fail or even make it fun to fail they'll explore all the options and it will be so well embedded by the end that it will it will have really done its job and so that was one of the key things was to make it as engaging as possible so for us that was about building in the key actions that we wanted them to be able to do so it was the 
the basic checking airways, the recovery position, knowing who to call out of the emergency services, knowing what information to give the emergency services. So even someone who's very, very young or doesn't even have their own phone could use someone else's to call. And then exploring a scenario where you've been called to the rescue, your first responder, and then you basically walk through the scenario with the help of your trusty sidekick who asks you the key questions of just like, what should we do now to guide you through the scenarios? So for us, that meant making it as engaging and as similar to the content that gets their attention on a daily basis. So what we did was we made a conscious effort to not be constrained by the software and design everything outside of the authoring tool. And so what we did was we built animations that would make cutscenes to give you context and also invest in the characters we gave dialogue between you and you and the the sidekick so you'd actually get feedback when you chose the wrong answer and rewarded when you did do the right answer and it meant that we could actually take it through quite a smooth flow from arriving like arriving at a scene of an accident of a kid falling off his bike you're called to help them and then all the way through to them getting the professional helpers the emergency services turn up and so that was kind of key i think basically building building a narrative that immerses them in a formative way but also engages in the same way that content that they're used to like the the visual element and things like that's important well uh, coming back to what you said about the sidekick we created a robo butler a quirky little character who helped you along your way and this was an easy win in terms of getting certain instruction across but in a quirky funny sort of way that kids could relate to and they're like what's a robo butler you know and these sorts of things were important the cutscenes you mentioned making those comic book style the way you designed it it was quite kiddie in terms of types of cartoons and and things like that that these young kids watch so it was relatable and when yeah. they first entered this game it's not clear that this is like dry first aid training this just looks like a cartoon they're watching and they have to make some decisions along the way and again it's trying to get people engaged regardless of what the thing they are learning is and to yeah. do that we managed it by creating this world that they could relate to that they would that they were related to outside of school and in their free time and what they did for fun. Yeah, like real life, you can basically build a scenario where you learn organically along the way. The thing is, is that it it sounds, it's childish, not childish, but um, cartoony in the way that it was approached. The reality is, is these are all fundamental storytelling tools, like having the guide, the mentor character of the Robo Butler is actually from traditional literature and uh, storytelling throughout history using the hero's journey. There's always a there's a guide that basically starts you on your journey and keeps you on track, the kind of Gandalf of the story. And the thing is, is that you don't always have to be serious with that. You can make it fun. You can make it surprising and basically engage them along the way with that kind of thing. Being able to let them make mistakes and invest in the characters and adding that element of personalization is really important. And that was one thing you added early on, wasn't it? That was the uh, add your name. And it's such a such a small thing. It makes such a big difference in terms of you invest in the character because you're getting your feedback directly with your name on it from the robo butler yeah like you said it's a simple thing but it can be quite effective and another way we tried to personalize it was depending on your behavior or the score you got or how you answered questions there were multiple endings 
you know, you received a gold medal, a silver medal or a bronze medal. And there was a different newspaper and heading at the end and, and a slightly different ending. And I remember when I was a kid, when I played sort of old school NES or SNES games or Mega Drive games, things like that, you often had games where depending on what you did, there was a slightly different ending and you knew that. So you kept repeating the game to make sure that you even, even if you got like the top ending, you would repeat the game again to see what the other endings were like, just out of curiosity. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is that giving, giving someone the choice in how they learn, the goal can always be the same at the end is to basically them to be able to do the, to do the basics of first aid, or at least understand them well enough to help and make a difference. If you set the goal at the end of this piece of e-learning, to be able to do the fundamentals of first aid, giving them the ability to choose how they get to that goal makes them able to own that journey and own that knowledge. And it makes it so much more sticky in terms of learning. And so that was, that was what was really interesting with adding that element of depending on how well you answered, you were given a different medal by the mayor of the city and the person recovered even better. I just want to move on a little bit to the visuals of the project and Mm -hmm. the user interface and and stuff like that, because we knew early on that this was going to be our key advantage, being able to animate, being able to design outside of the of the e-learning authoring software, the cutscenes you already mentioned. But we knew if we could create assets outside of the program and add them in, this was going to differentiate our project to, to other similar projects and animation was key here but not just animation just the, the visual style as well is there anything you want to sort of mention about the visual style of the project yeah i mean a lot of e-learning is generally grid-like because it a lot of the software that's used to build it was originating originally for powerpoint and so laying things out was grid-like and so the thing is is that with something like a comic book approach to something comic books rely very heavily on expressing movement through positioning layout and posing and so they play with the lines they play with the shapes and they actually skew a lot of things they change the shapes of things they change the camera angles of things the thing is with comic books is that they focus on making something static as dynamic and as energetic and as close to movement as possible so if you lay everything out in a grid it loses that energy and so what we were very conscious of early on was to like okay if we want to make them feel super engaged we're going to animate these things on not at 90 degrees we're going to bring things on dynamically across the page like a kapow like a whack like a explosion that they have in comic books doesn't come in perfectly in the center and then flows out to the edges it comes in from the side it comes in from the left it creates contrast and so what we did was we built all of the scenes in a way where they were jigsaw puzzles built outside of the e-learning authoring software and we built them in the adobe suite so we used like illustrator to design them we used after effects to animate them and then what we did was we reconstructed them inside the authoring tool so we could actually create a layout that had not really been used before and doesn't get used very often because it's got that external design put into it. And so that was key because then it meant that we could actually bring things in and surprise them in ways where maybe they'd not ever seen any learning before and we could have things pop up and have things flying from the sides. And so that 
dynamic and that visual element and almost like an extension of comic books themselves. If anyone's ever seen an animated comic book, they do the same thing. And in animated movies and stuff, they do the same thing. They have the cutscenes and the slices and the transitions. And so it meant that they were they were a lot more immersed in the actual scenario. And again, the design with the textures, the color palette, the character styles, the camera angles of when we designed it are all the same. So in, in the same way that comic books use them. So they're very dynamic. They're very strong angles, strong lighting and strong poses. Also, one other thing we wanted to pick was to make sure that we didn't we didn't just make this character some white kid. So it's this sort of default thing of like all of the assets are always like white businessman. So we consciously chose to make the superhero female. We made her a different nationality also because her hair looked cool blowing in the wind while she was flying along. And that if you inform the kids in a way where a hero is a hero, someone who's brave is brave. You can be whoever you want to be and do the right thing. It's subliminally built into everything we show them and the content around us. And so if you can look for opportunities to break that down, it's also good. And so that was a conscious decision as well. Well, I think it's more about representation, isn't it? So people want to see heroes or characters that look like them represented and then they feel a rapport they feel a connection with that and i think that's something we need to consider one other thing i wanted to add actually this was a really important project in terms of sound and music yes um the superhero style soundtrack that is like quite high energy gets the learner pumped up about what's going on every answer had a sound effect that correlated to what was going on. So, for example, there was a question in the project that said, well, what do you do if someone's injured? Do you shout for help? And then there was like a shouting sound. Do you keep someone warm? And there was the sound of a blanket going over someone. Or which emergency service do you call? And we had the different sirens and uh, of the different vehicles, et cetera, et cetera. And I think this was really important to just constantly have sound going on regardless of what the person did whether that's the button press has a certain sound clicking on something has a certain sound hovering over an answer gives a certain sound related to the answer itself like i just explained then you've got the soundtrack on top of that and we wanted to have as many elements of sound as possible within the project without obviously them overlapping on each other and making it too busy but i think sound was something particularly for this project that we really thought a lot about Yeah, I think the thing is, is twofold, is that we're all sensory learners and we have different leanings towards different ones. But the reality is, is that we live in a world that includes sound, sight, smell, touch. And if you can include those in it, it creates a more immersive experience and it creates a more dynamic experience. And it really helps. It helps with storytelling as well. The second part is that you can use it to reinforce the learning so it's not just there to tell the story it's also there to trigger responses and put context on the feedback as well so it's an important part because you're basically reinforcing the learning as you go along not just visually but also with the audio you've got a lot of different learning styles and you need to make sure that auditory learners are considered and maybe they can't be bothered to read all the text even if it's pretty basic text but as soon as they hear something then that information registers and yep. there's different ways that you 
consider the different learners within the project and the sound effects on each answer was was something quite effective there and it helped kids stay engaged yeah and i think that this is a great opportunity for doing something like first aid to actually push it in a direction that they're familiar with but that gives them quite a high level of sensory feedback because obviously it's, it's a superhero so you've got dynamic impact from all of the senses so yeah it's a good it's a good scenario to use this in yeah it was a good project and and we were happy with how it turned out and i think it's one of our favorite projects to show off especially viewer skills the more animation side of it and visual effects and that sort of thing so yeah it was good fun to make and going forward what we'll do is always look for opportunities with blended learning to make it as universally interactive and engaging as possible and that element of adding the sound adding the styling that they're familiar with that gets them engaged the adding the interactivity adding the animation even if it's just on a small level for each part when they're combined they make such a a big impact altogether even just the small introduction of one of those things can make a big difference all right cheers for talking about that brendan no problem. And I encourage everyone to go check out on Blend.Training. You can actually have a play with the first aider. Check it out on the website. And see if you can remember how to do the recovery position. Cool, man. All right. I will speak to you soon. Okay. Cheers, Tom. Cheers, Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Blend podcast. It's available on Spotify, Google, and Apple. You can find Blend Interactive content on LinkedIn or www.blend.training. Don't forget to like and subscribe. See you next time.